Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. We're recording, and uh, I, I have a, an exciting, well, I have an announcement. I don't know that it's actually exciting. All right, hit me. Uh, I read a book. Uh, that is not exciting. I mean, it's it's exciting whenever anyone reads a book in 2018, but uh, you are a person who reads books, so I'm not particularly excited. Uh, tell, tell me more. Why, why should I be excited about you reading a book? Well... <sighs> So the book that I read, uh, so as I think we've discussed in this podcast before, um, the book that I read reminds me a lot of when I got a concussion last fall in that the whole time I've been reading it and it's, it's a lengthy book of all of, let's see, let's see, 640, I think 45 pages, uh, six hundred and. 44 pages. Uh, the whole time I felt like the reading was giving me more concussion symptoms. Uh, <laughs> because the book I was reading is uh, Ulysses, and Ooh. which is a, a James Joyce novel. And I share that I read it, but I'm somewhat hesitant to do so because I feel like a complete jerk for reading it. I don't think that's unfair. No, it's, it's, it's not. Um, and when I started reading this, you and friend of the pod, Kevin, I, I set a goal to finish it by when we're recording this, uh, yesterday, uh, which is Bloomsday, because this is a book that I can't make this up is about one day in the life of basically three characters. And there's not much plot to the book. They just live their day and you are privy to all their internal dialogue and their ridiculous, obscene, gross, and just mundane thoughts. It's a ridiculous book. And when I was reading it, I, I started to think and talk to you a little bit about this is an insufferable book, but you know what what makes it insufferable? And are there themes in other media that is also that way? Uh, so the answer is yes, absolutely. Uh, there are, there are plenty of things, uh, that, that make you insufferable. Uh, but it's mostly, so I think this is mostly something where it's the biggest issue for me when it's something where people are insufferable in that they demean you or think you're less or, or worse than them if you haven't read the thing or seen the thing that they, you know, that they have experienced. And I, I you know, I, I think one place to start is uh, Infinite Jest. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, my, I was talking to my, my brother, well-read Ivy League man that he is, uh, before before we started recording this, uh, and, and he 
he came out the box with Infinite Jest, which I was totally expecting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he said, I acknowledge that this is insufferable and that a lot of people who read read Infinite Jest and then tell you, you got to read it, man, are, are kind of annoying dicks. But it's also my favorite book that I've ever read. I said, oh, that's interesting. So the question I ask is, and with that book, and I think this is a theme with any of the insufferable pieces of culture. Uh, Books are easy to point to, but there are others. Is that, especially with Infinite Jest, the people that I've run into that talk it up a bunch, I end up asking them, I'm like, oh, that's such a a burden getting through that whole thing. And they're like, well, I didn't, I read most of it. it. And I get the sense that the people who finish it talk about it differently. Oh, see, that's interesting because I was going to take it a different direction and say that it seems like one of the biggest threads here that like the the pieces of culture or the experiences that make people insufferable cocks about them are things that are a challenge to finish. And it's like an, it's an accomplishment to have grit your teeth and made it through 900 pages and all those footnotes. You know, he was, he was talking about how, you know, I, I think he tried to read gravity's rainbow and he's like, I, I stopped after 150 pages because unlike infinite jests where there are 11 million footnotes, there's just nothing. You have to have like a guidebook cause there's not an annotated version either. So you basically, you have to have like a study guide for gravity's rainbow and like go back and forth between that. And so I think that, you know, I think that it's the kind of thing where if you feel like you've accomplished something by finishing, you know, a a difficult book, you know, that's all well and good. But if you start letting it drift into, well, that means you didn't accomplish something uh, because you didn't finish this book. Like that's where we start getting into trouble. And so I, for me, I think that leads into, uh, a pretty out of the box example, which is people that run marathons. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that what you've hit on there a little bit and marathons are, are certainly the case is we've moved past doing this for pleasure. This, uh, there were passages in this book that I just read that were pleasurable. And I think infinite just is probably more pleasurable. But when you start saying, I, my accomplishment is that I finished this book. Not that there are salient points that I want to bring up. Not that there, not that I want to sing the gospel of the book. I, I'm not going to talk about this book that much, to be honest with, with you. Um, and you know, maybe infinite gesture, your, your brother talks about more, but I think, marathons is a similar thing like you're not going to go out and be like hey you got to go train for a marathon man it, it, it's it's the best thing i'm i'm so happy it's yeah i finished a marathon or i finished even an ultra marathon and i did it it's not the p on the people i know that love running they love running it's not that they hit 26 miles per hour and an author that I actually adore and have read three of their books in the last year is Haruki Murakami. And he, he, he's written a lot about running because it's a thing that he took up. Uh, and he talks about the difference between 22 miles and 26 miles. And you, you, 
you lose the pleasure because you've got that number. And I think these books and pieces of culture are, are similar in that you take the pleasure out of it and it becomes dense for the sake of being dense. Okay, so you, in addition to Ulysses, I feel like you have also pretty recently, like within the last year, you've read two other challenge books, have you not? Uh, I would argue that your your was a nine hundred page uh, Civil War book. Yeah, so so here's the thing with when you get into nonfiction like that, and and this is a theme that I was thinking about with this stuff. A history book, and I'm currently reading a World War One book that is around 500 pages, and it's nominally about the first month of World War One. With history books, I kind of want the full picture. And if you want the full picture, you, there's a lot to write about. I, I'm 900 pages or whatever that's about five years of war, I felt like we were just grazing the surface of the topic. I just read a book about one damn day. It is it is one day and not even all the hours. Um, so the thing that I think about with, okay, for me, what makes it insufferable culture? Um, it's when someone says it's a blanks blank. This, this is, so this is an author's author's book, or this is a director's director's type of movie. It, it's when there's this idea that, oh, you'll only appreciate it if you appreciate authors, or you'll only appreciate this cinematography of this movie if you already enjoy cinematography. So you're creating this subgroup and it just becomes, okay, I have to put on a different lens to view this. And then I have to totally not think about my enjoyment as much as, okay, what, what would a true auteur appreciate about this? <laughs> and, well, so that, that gets back to the, if you don't appreciate this, you must not be a true auteur. Like that, that to me is the the common thread of like the, the, you didn't accomplish anything. Uh, you know, that, that's where we get real problems. So you mentioned directors and auteurs. So I, I was wondering if you had any, any movies that fell into this. Cause I know, so I know you just went, I think you went recently to, to see, uh, something from a Miyazaki festival and like that to me. So I, this is going to lead me into a, a really important, a, a point that I want to make sure we, we get out there. Um, I know a lot of people that are super into anime and are kind of flabbergasted by anyone who isn't in love with spirited away. Mm -hmm. And, and I, it's, I, so let, let me just skip ahead to what I want to point out. The fact that people are insufferable about some of these things does not mean in any way that they're not good. Sure. That's really yeah. important. I mean, running a marathon is goddamn lunacy, but uh, I'm sure Ulysses I – mean, Ulysses is touted as a great achievement in literature, so I, I assume it's probably at least decent. <laughs> um Okay, here's here's a here's the thing that you have to realize. If I told you that you can watch the Warriors play basketball or the Spurs circa, I don't know, eight years ago play basketball, who would you rather watch? I think I would rather watch the Warriors. Okay. 
and and my point there and with with these movies and this kind of auteur thing is and you mentioned Miyazaki and I've watched a couple not spirited away but I've watched a couple um studio ghibli films the the every person can enjoy them you can turn them on and be like this is a beautiful film the characters are fully f- fleshed out and i can approach the plot i understand what's going on it's also beautiful to watch the warriors are beautiful to watch the spurs uh, you know for a while like tim duncan is a star but he's a very boring star um tony parker is you never call him a superstar and manu ginobili does crazy things but he's a you know a a very cheerful uh left-handed argentinian man and other than that like he just fits so perfectly onto that team it, you know there's not the star power and you have to appreciate the sport to appreciate their game. And I think the the same thing comes in with this is you can, if the every person can't appreciate it and you have to have a particular knowledge of how that thing works, then you start to get into this insufferable part. Now, I love watching the Spurs play basketball, but I feel like a douche saying that. Um, and part of it comes from my affinity for UVA basketball at this point. <laughs> So that that's a good point, and and I think the idea of something that everyone can enjoy is is important, and that you know that's a conversation that's happening, you know, um, I think we we've talked about cultural canons before, mm-hmm. uh, way way back in the very beginnings of of the pod. I was going back and compiling a list of my. Uh, my personal favorite episodes to, to recommend to, uh, to, uh, to Emily. And, um, I just, I noticed that that, I think that was like one of the first five episodes we did. Um, but one of the places where, where the cultural canon gets decided is colleges, uh, because those are, uh, well, maybe less so now that, uh, it's become very market driven and it's about getting you into a job, but colleges were sort of the, the nexuses of intellectual life. And and so they were kind of the, the arbiters of what is or isn't a, an important work of literature. And, you know, there's been a, I think a really good and important conversation happening about the fact that, you know, uh, we need to, everybody the everyman is different from who the everyman was a hundred years ago or even 30 years ago, because the everyman has to encompass way more people now. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's, uh, yeah, I I definitely think that's, that's right. And you are, uh, it helps to have all these different stories that, that enhance, uh, what whatever your your understanding is, I, I think that even with the changing of the every person, every man, the every every woman, uh, there there will remain these pieces of, of culture that become a hallmark, even if they start to become uh, in poor taste. Uh, and certainly, this this book that I just read has plenty of poor taste in it. Um, yeah, but 
they're still going to be there. And honestly, I think a lot of it might have to do with, well, you have to, their craft, their, their craft is so advanced in this and it's unlike anything else at the time. And so you, even if the subject is something that you're taken aback by at this point, uh, the, the craft is something that you should, uh, you should think about. Uh, I mean, I, you mentioned movies earlier and I'm thinking of something that is not, it is a craftsperson type thing. I had a discussion recently with a friend who's very much into movies. And I said, I've only watched to the, the jump cut of 2001, a space odyssey. And he was telling me, listen, I'll let you watch this movie in multiple parts. I'll, I'll let you look at your phone during it. Uh, it's a tough watch. It's a tough ride, but it's important that you view it and understand that it was, you know, ahead of its time and something like it's not really approachable. And uh, was it Christopher Nolan just did the unrestored edition of it? Just just doubling down on this is uh, not for the every person. But your point of it, you st- I think it's still important to go back and look at this stuff and try to understand, okay, why did the, the auteurs or even the every person then say, Hmm, this is fascinating and different. And I want to engage with it and figure out why. So what you just said about Christopher Nolan unrestoring 2001 reminded me of, of the thread and the place I was kind of trying to go to with this cultural canon, the every person is changing discussion. I think there's a common thread among a lot of these insufferable things that insufferable people are insufferable, insufferable about. It's hard to say that three times in one sentence, Uh, which is that their, their works that uh, they're either works that stubbornly cling to the old way in spite of a changing world or their works being made by people who are clinging to that? Does that like, what do you, what would you say to that? So, so they're clinging. I think that that's, I think sometimes it's, it's sometimes people can. uh, So the thing I'm thinking about when you mentioned that is the Concorde airplane uh, which is now there's been discussion of maybe bringing back supersonic uh, commercial air travel, but it, you're supposed to appreciate it and, and, oh, it's so great. You can get places so quickly, but it's really, really expensive. And it ended up, there was a terrible accident, but it was also just too expensive to fly. And it was so ahead of its time in a way, but we've also never gotten to that time. And so uh, I think it's, the clinging, the thing that they're clinging to is is this this idea of how it should be, and I think that sometimes the author them or the auteur themselves will will define that, and and maybe it's maybe it's less a, a generation or or a group of people, but they have some idea that maybe they take to the maximum. Hmm. Okay. All right. I, I think I think I can I can follow that. Um, we've kind of neglected music. Uh, I mean, I think a, an, an easy an easy answer there is like some of the big overstuffed, you know, double album concept albums of like the sixties and seventies. Like, uh, I basic, don't know. 
King Crimson, prog rock stuff, stuff like that. That's that's. Well, I think it's less than that because I think it's things that were really popular. I think that is maybe an important component of this. So I think of like Dark Side of the Moon. Yes, and nobody. I don't think anyone talks about Dark Side of the Moon as oh, that was a pretty good album. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of like breathless praise of how formative and era defining an album it was. So I, I talked to Kevin about this earlier and he brought up uh dark side of the moon and the wall. And he said, you know, these, these maybe aren't that good, but there's this, and it made me think of, but everyone acts like they are. And, and I think that maybe that's part of it with this insufferable canon uh, is that you feel like you need to have a positive opinion of this thing because the uh, as the every person changes, but it still is kind of this. The leadership white men people said, "Oh, this is the best thing, and you should appreciate it." Uh, whoever those those leaders of the pack are said, "You need to appreciate it." And someone said, "Dark Side of the Moon is is life changing, and you should." watch or listen to it while watching wizard of oz on mute and it will change your life and so even if you haven't engaged with it that much you still feel like you have to say oh this is great 2001 a space odyssey is so great even if you hate it and i think that there's a danger in that that we you know we create this weird mono opinion of a work and everyone is afraid to say it's bad yeah that that's a problem like it's really it's important to be able to say that some that you don't like something like it it's it's really important to be able to say that you don't like something even if everyone else likes it uh, and and you see it now a lot you know I'm not gonna get all old man yells at timeline here but you know it you see it happen with you know certainly with like with comment sections another thing that we've talked about before. But just, you know, uh, the idea that if someone has uh, any contrarian opinion, we, we drum them out of polite society. Um, and, and like there, I think there are some places where that's appropriate because some contrarian opinions are, are really gross and terrible for the world. Yeah. But like over whether The Wall is an all-time great rock album – like we're we're all wasting our time there. Yeah, uh, you're the thing about, and I think this is way too simplified, but I think it's important to say, which is the thing about art is you're allowed to say you don't like it. Um, and going back to your our point of, okay, this is getting dense for the sake of being dense. This is no longer pleasurable. If you don't draw pleasure from the art, you're allowed to say that you don't like it. If you don't like Dark Side of the Moon, if you like Money and that's it, that's fine. Money is a fun song. The end of Money is weird as shit. But, you know, as on the whole, you can say you don't like it. If you if you like me, go to the Louvre and you see this stupid line for the Mona Lisa and you're like, that's fine. It's beautiful. Uh, but then you go into the next room and see the painting of John the Baptist and go, oh my, this is the creepiest, coolest, most awesome painting I've ever seen or one of them. Um, that's okay. You can have a different opinion. You can say that the thing that is great is only good even. But I, that's 
that's maybe what bothers me most about these pieces of culture is I read Ulysses and all I'm thinking about is the fact that I did it. And that in itself puts me above these other people in a way that I think is unfair because I would not recommend people to read it. But here we are. And I'm saying, I read it. I'm not championing myself for reading it. I spent a lot of time that I could have spent reading other books that I would have drawn pleasure from and I would have loved more. But I felt like I had to do this so that I could understand the opinions of these, you know, insufferable people. These cisgender white males who have been banging the gavel of what is important and what's not for millennia at this point. Right. And we also, so I'm glad you said all of that. I'm glad you admitted that you are indeed an insufferable douche. And I also think that we should maybe wrap up by saying it's important that we have the other side of that coin too, which is it's really important that it's okay for you to like something that no one else likes. It's okay for you to like things that other people think are bad. Like if I, I'm not ever going to begrudge someone like really jamming out to Katy Perry. I don't like Katy Perry, but like what you like, you, you should feel empowered to like what you like and to not like what you don't like. And and feel secure in that and not like have to tear somebody else down for not liking something you like or for liking something you don't. If it doesn't hurt someone else to like it or dislike it, that's that's fine. You can like what you like. Don't attack the person for enjoying it or, or not enjoying it. But as Well, there's there's way too much of that happening. Yeah, and, and that's and that's a problem. But you know, if you want to listen to Nickelback that's fine. Just it's, it's like, it's like when it has, we've talked about before, you want to have a conversation with someone on your phone. You want to FaceTime them. That's fine. You all happiness to you. Just maybe don't do that such that I'm also in the picture because they probably weren't looking forward to that. As long if you like it, that's fine. Just don't inhibit others by doing so. Um, But one thing we I I would like to close with this. The one thing we didn't talk about that I realized is part of insufferable culture. And it's, it's one that people are very afraid to say that's actually bad. I don't like this line of thinking uh, is something that I enjoyed both of today, which is craft beer and craft coffee. What a douchey thing, but no one wants to say anything negative about it. I mean, people do, but Oh, lots of people say negative things about it all the time. Yeah. It's okay to not like ideas. Budweiser ran a whole advertising campaign about how every craft beer was a pumpkin peach IPA and how everyone who drank it, you know, who drinks craft beer is a glasses wearing mustachioed nerd. Like, you know, I, I would, I would argue very strongly that it's, that's not something that no one feels empowered to say is bad. Yeah. Well, but what you just said and what is what is done there is they didn't attack the beer. They went ad hominem and said the people who drink it are douches, which they probably are. I mean, as we're <laughs> discussing, they probably are. But attack the beer. Like that's the thing is it becomes it becomes hard because it's like I don't like dark side of the mood. Fine. 
I think people that listen to Dark Side of the Moon are, you know, pick an adjective. I don't actually have any because I don't really care one way or the other. But it becomes quickly. It's like, let's engage with this. But I don't know. Sometimes you just feel like I don't I don't know enough to engage with it. And now that I've read this book and, you know, your brother read Infinite Jest, we've we've all had our different things. It's like, oh, now I guess I know enough to begrudge it and say I don't like it. But I also don't want to talk about it again because it was so just a, a slog. Yeah. Uh, all right. If you've got thoughts on uh, insufferable works of culture that we missed, uh, drop us a line at it's pretty okay at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Twitter at uh, pretty okay pod and let us know what you think. And if you, and I'll, I'll go ahead and, and read a, a, a sentence from here just so, and it, it helps along the, the 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 pod here as we come to a close of the topic, um, which is page five fifty six, episode seventeen. What events might nullify these calculations? The cessation of existence of both or either, the inauguration of a new era or calendar, the annihilation of the world, and consequent extermination of the human species. Inevitable but unpredictable. I hate you now. Uh, I don't know if I ever want to record another episode of this podcast, <laughs> but uh, I guess we have to finish this one. So uh, we might as well move along to Pierce is sorry. And uh, are, are you apologizing this week for a time that you were insufferable? Uh, so I think that this is co- maybe the exact opposite. And you were there and it's it's really a, a bout of embarrassment which is last weekend we went to the the lovely, lovely establishment of Ace. Is it Biscuit and Barbecue or is it Ace Barbecue? Ace Biscuit and Barbecue. Ace Biscuit and Barbecue. We met a wonderful – their staff is great. We had a discussion yes. with a man named Wolf. And so it's early in the morning. No, I'm not making any excuses. I go to order their special, which is a meatloaf biscuit, which was great. And there are a couple questions when you order a biscuit like that. What eggs do you want? And I made the right choice. And I said, uh, what do you what do you recommend? And so they gave me the recommendation. And then they said, what cheese do you want? And I instinctively, I don't even know why, I meant to say like cheddar because everyone has cheddar cheese. And I said American and wolf groaned. And so I'm very sorry for exclaiming American because I never want American cheese on anything. I'm sorry. Oh, hang on. Hang on. I'm going to stop you there and say that there are situations in which American cheese is wonderful and perfect. One, grilled cheese sandwiches. It is the only cheese you should ever use on a grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, Two, it's not the only cheese you should ever use on a cheeseburger, but it's pretty much perfect for that too. It's, it's very, it's thin and very melty. And I don't know, maybe that's came to mind, but I, that's a situation where I should have asked for assistance, which is what I did with the egg choice. Um, and you also probably should have looked at the menu to see what cheeses they offered. Yeah. I honestly, part of it was, is it's one of those situations where you assume that they have a standard setup, but then they ask you, you're like, Oh wait, I didn't know I had to make this choice. So I always ask the staff. Uh, it's like the discussion I've had with people before about like, they'll be like, oh, you want to pick the wine? I'm like, no, I want to ask the people who work here to pick the wine because they know what they have. They know what they don't have. And they know what will go best with all the shit we ordered because I'm not paying attention to what you ordered. So 
always ask the staff. They're, they want to do that. That's why they're there. And so I'm sorry, Wolf. I'm sorry. Shout out to our man, Wolf, at Ace. Uh, Wolf is a good dude. Uh, okay. Well, uh, now that we've we've gotten that out of the way, uh, I think it's time to close the show with a big idea from pop culture. And uh, we were talking about books earlier. Uh, I just finished a book. Um, I am currently uh, at home visiting my family in New Orleans, and I was I've been uh, reading a book on on my Kindle. It's a book called Arts and Entertainments, uh, and it's a novel about a failed actor turned drama teacher. Um, who, uh, desperate for, for money to, to fund an attempt at, uh, in in vitro fertilization for his wife, um, sells an old sex tape with an ex who is now a very famous actress. And, uh, from there, his life descends into a, a maddening hell in which real life becomes increasingly indistinguishable from reality television. And I, I read it very quickly, uh, transfixed in horror at how recognizable 2018 was in this book. Ha. Ha. Uh, so not, not a, not a good idea, but a, a, a big idea nonetheless. That's, uh, that's why you read books that make you feel like you have a concussion, uh, because that are not relatable at all, because then you don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, I, there were, there were brief moments where I wished I had a concussion. And so I did, would not know where, (laughs) where this was all taking place. Um, okay. Uh, any final thoughts? No, just uh, yeah, we're pro reading as always. Just yeah, try not to be be an ass about that. Don't just just try not to. Sometimes it's unavoidable, but you know you can dislike stuff. It's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, Okay. All right. That is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod, or at our home on the web www.prettyokaypod.com, where you can get this and every episode of the show, or you can head to your podcasting app of choice. Uh, we're, we're big on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and, and subscribe to our feed there so you get episodes automatically every week as they air. If you do that, please do us a favor. Leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Uh, or tell a friend about the show. We'll be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. Thanks for listening. Bye.